You are your own body, and you should know that body better than your doctor knows it. He sees you 15 minutes once a year. You need to know your body better than your doctor. You need to know your better your body better than your mom knows it. Hey, your mom brought you in, but you're the one living in this thing all day, every day. She's not there in that body. She doesn't know you. Your dad's not in that body. He doesn't know you. No one else knows your body like you. And if you don't realize that, like I didn't realize that, you're going to treat it like garbage. You have to understand your body. This is for the others out there, the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me, and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, I'm pumped to bring you a conversation with my friend, Rusty Osborne. Rusty's not just another fit guy telling you to count calories and work out harder. After being the fat guy his whole life, then losing 85 pounds and keeping it off, he's helped people all over the world do the same. He started his company, Find Your Total Health, to help people live their healthiest and most fulfilling lives and is on a mission to end obesity. He's also the host of the Losing Weight podcast, bringing information and motivation to get healthy and stay that way. We had an awesome conversation talking about his past as a professional musician playing in a band, the habits that led him to a rock bottom and the shifts that he has made since. We talked all about the modern health system, how everyone is uniquely different, and the various approaches that can work for you in your health journey. Give him a follow on Instagram for some awesome content at the Coach Rusty. Without further ado, hope you enjoy this conversation with Rusty Osborne. Rusty Osborne in the building. Let's go. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. How you feeling today, man? Uh, I'm going to go with my default stoked, man. Stoked. <laughs> Just stoked. Rusty life is so good. Stoked. Osborne, what's good? What's what's making life good for you these days? Uh, so much, so much. So uh, this morning, we drove down from San Juan Capistrano, went mm-hmm. surfing with our friend Kristen. Sick. Um, another health coach friend of ours. And uh, got to borrow a board from her. The water was chilly and I didn't have a wetsuit. So I got my cold therapy on this morning. There you go. So started shivering and just the the mood boost that comes with that. And then the sunshine and just everything's awesome here, man. Yeah. So good. And especially because I'm hanging out with you. Yes. (laughs) That's that's the thing for me. So I love it. I, I was a bit heartbroken to see you pull up without your van. The van is in Illinois right now, you said? Yeah, yeah. We were there for seven weeks. We left it there with my family that okay. lives out there. And we flew out here to be with Nikki's parents, my wife. Got it. And uh, we're here for the rest of the week. Then we're heading back out. Nice, yeah. nice. It's good to have you in San Diego. Feels right. It feels good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels good. We were so, like, why did we leave here yeah, again? Yeah. <laughs> so so catch, catch me up to speed. So you and your wife, Nikki, have been van nomad living for the past bit now yeah we're at eight months now wow of um 
so and and normally yes it's nomad living right and i don't want anybody to get the super like oh they're van life hippies impression like i mean yes but <laughs> at the moment it's been uh we'll go to a, a city and live there for four mm-hmm. to eight weeks in an airbnb and in between we take the van load it up with all the stuff we'll camp a night or two in between got it um and then that's been the path so we yeah. were here for a month in san diego salt lake city for mm-hmm. two months we were in uh, Lake Havasu, Arizona for almost two months. Went to Austin for a while. Uh, it was like six weeks. We got caught in the snowstorm on the way there. That's oh, its no own way. wild story. Uh, <laughs> that sure was fun. And then Nashville a couple of weeks, Illinois for seven weeks. And here we are. Wow. Has this so. been something you've wanted to do for a while? Yeah. And it, it's kind of one of those things that like you kind of push back in the brain of like, oh, but yeah, like you, you can't just do that. Right. You can't just do that. <laughs> Right. So you don't, you kind of push it out. You don't think about it like every once in a while. Oh, you know what? If uh, the world falls apart, my wife's out of a job, I'm out of the band, then, uh, then maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it. Right. And then suddenly the world fell apart. My wife was out of the job. There was no gigs. Like, oh my God, it's happening. That's so, funny. <laughs> so, so we did it. You had your shot and you took it. Yeah. Wow. And I like the, I like the idea of it. It's kind of like, you're right. It's not van. It's not hippie van living. It's like semi hippie van living. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I, I like the idea of being like, cool, we'll go here for a month and then we'll, we'll settle in. We'll get into routine in the groove and then we'll transition to the next place. Right. Right. Cause when, I mean, think about it, you go on vacation somewhere and you're there for a week, mm-hmm. maybe two. And you finally like, you're just starting to get a feel for the place and you leave. Right. So I always wanted to live in different places. Like, what's it like to live there? Yeah. And so that's really what what the impetus was to to actually stick in a spot for a while. Yeah. So and we are actually transitioning out of that now too. I don't know if I told. I think yeah. I mentioned it a little bit. Um, starting when we get back to Illinois, we're mm-hmm. actually going to start camping at like KOA campgrounds for the summer very cool and so we're going towards that more van life yeah, kind of thing yeah. but we'll still we'll grab a camp spot for two weeks or so mm-hmm. set up shop run the business during the week mm-hmm. check out the sites on the weekends and then head to the next spot so we can start seeing more right know? how's the dynamic been running your business you, you guys are running your business online mm-hmm. how's the dynamic been with running the business while also in travel mode has it been challenging um it started off feeling totally normal Mm -hmm. every time that we move moving is a stressful event yeah we're not moving an entire house worth of stuff but we're into we're moving you know a van's worth of stuff so it is still stressful to yeah and then okay well we've got client calls on these days so we only want to travel on saturdays well then this booking got messed up so we have to travel on a wednesday what are we going to do here and so those kind of processes um we're still figuring out exactly how those systems work mm-hmm. so every time we move there is an added layer of stress and at the same time when it's we get stressed out we can be like well what if we just took friday off and canceled everything it's our business we can do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we yeah, can yeah. just do that and it's okay yeah so when we do get stressed out we're really learning to adapt overcome and grow through the whole process obviously like there's nothing but like growth on a process like this that's it it's so, all full growth in it did yeah. you was being a health coach or running your own online business like was this something that you've wanted to do for a while or was it something that kind of you fell into was it it was it was it a desire from a long time since you were since you were a performer and musician uh so 
A little of everything. I remember when I was a kid, I just knew I wanted to help people in some way when I was younger because I I could tell that I had some sort of way that I communicated differently than other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also love attention. So I like when people are talking to me. So (laughs) that's why one of the reasons I was a musician as well, um, doing that full time. And the way that we really started, decided to do the business was I was obese, I was drunk, I was all the things that weren't very good for me, and playing eight nights a week. We were just playing so many gigs nonstop, teaching guitar lessons all through the day, and it was a lot of work and a lot of, um, you know, drinking and eating and being a fatty, (laughs) honestly, Um, to the point where I was like, I was just done. And I'd wanted to be healthy before then, and it was, uh, it took years yeah. every health journey takes years it's a it ends up being a lifetime thing so once i figured out okay i can be healthy and play full-time and teach lessons on the side and there's people now asking me for how the heck i lost 85 pounds while doing all this yeah like okay well I, I, so i start to tell them well here's what i did here's exactly what i did and i outline a few things but Mind you, it's you know midnight at a bar. They've been drinking the whole time. So they say, I could never do that. I can never do that. No, I couldn't do that. Everybody keeps saying, I couldn't do that. Guys, I'm the one that was a bigger mess than you. <laughs> you can. You can do that. You're not the one being served free drinks, you know, nonstop. You know, we're getting whiskey shots over and over. Beers, beers, beers. Oh, you guys want food? Let me buy your food. Like, nonstop. Every venue we play was like that. Like, that sounds awesome, and it was at the beginning, but then when that's all you get... Not sustainable. It's No, yeah. it's not. I'm not in control of what's being brought up to the stage. It just shows up. Hmm. So if I can figure this out, I know these people can figure it out. So it went from, yeah, I want to help people get healthy to uh, I want to help people realize that they can get healthy. Hmm. So that's that was really the push for me. So good. I... So much of it, I feel like, is just giving people permission. It's yeah. like giving them permission that you can do this. Like, yeah. you know, it's permission that it's it's not only encouragement that like, yeah, you can do this, but it's permission of like, do it. Like you can do like nothing stopping you from doing it if you really want to. Right. And sometimes that's all people need to hear. Do you, do you find that that can be a powerful pivot in people's journey is getting that permission? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting the way that people take that. So sometimes... You'll say, oh, man, you can do it. Yeah, you totally could. If I did it, you can do it. Like, no, no, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I just can't. Like, I hate that word. Yeah. Like, I also don't like to use the word hate, but like, <laughs> that's one thing that it's like hitting me in the head with a hammer every time I hear it. And uh, so we don't let our clients say the word can't. There you go. So I just tell them right up front, like, that word's out of your vocabulary. The word try is out of your vocabulary. If I hear it, I'll let you know. If you hear me say it, let me know. Like, this has got to be gone. You can. It might be hard. Yeah. You might not even know how, but you can. Mm. I really don't think there's anything we can't do. Um, I mean, maybe, but I don't know. I haven't tried everything. Right. So how do I know? (laughs) All big innovations started with, oh, we can't do that. Yeah. (laughs) And we somehow found a way. Yeah. It just turns to, how can I? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's a great shift. I feel like that's a really important shift in when you're building a business too and you're making shifts in your life in general of just that shift from uh, I can't do this or this is tough to how can I? Right. It's it's really powerful. And that's 
uh, something that I remember making a shift on was I just remember it was after I got healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I lose 85 pounds. I'm putting on muscle. I'm feeling really awesome. And I feel like I'm not doing anything with it. Like I've got this like Ferrari now that just sits in the driveway. That's what it felt like. like. Yeah, I mean, I was singing, I was playing, I was better on stage, I was more confident, but that still didn't feel like I was doing anything. Hmm. Like it just wasn't fulfilling anything. Yeah. Um, and so I just I was I actually it was my first water fast that I did. It was five days straight, just water, and uh, it was like I just got ping from the universe. Like just God said, like start the business, help people. Oh, I guess I got to do this. And that's why I start reading books. How do I make money? How do I make these things work? And and from that day forward, it was like I wake up just stoked to wake up. Wow. Just excited to get up. And obviously, it goes in dips. There's days where I do not want to get up at 5 a.m. Days that I don't. <laughs> and just say, screw up, man. I'm not doing it. But it's very few and far between compared to before that where it was like, why? Yeah. Why? And so that's where the how can I came in was like, I, I can't figure out what to do. What do I do with this energy? I'm just like here and I can tell people what I did, but they're not taking the advice. They're not doing it. And then that was the like, okay, how can I? Right. Like really, how can I help these people really change now? Instead of, you know, the guy that comes up to me at the end of one night a week, he, he was a regular at our gigs. Love the guy, but he would be so drunk, which I was that guy before. So I, I understand like yeah. there's no judgment there. Yeah. He would come up so drunk and say, Rusty, I wish I could quit drinking. I'd said, dude, you can. Yeah. You just don't want to. <laughs> yeah, you can. And and even then, like there is a want, but he doesn't, you know, it's like a, it's in the back. You know, I want that, but I, but I can't is what the subconscious is telling because he's so addicted to it. So how, how do you, how do you reconcile that? Or how do you think about the the wants that are in the back waiting for the right time mm-hmm. to take advantage of that versus making it happen it's tough yeah like there's no way around it yeah. it's just tough i actually uh and this continues throughout life right this is just a pattern i literally just went through another round of this myself last week so um i'm a health coach i eat really well a lot of the time. Yeah. And then there's like, well, it's Friday. Let's get tacos. Obviously, that's what Fridays are for. Wait, so, wait, so you're human? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so we'd get tacos. We'd get some like good paleo ice cream. And so it's still like quality for what we're, what we're doing. And uh, then it's, well, let's do it on Tuesday and Friday. And then, well, during the week, we also got an extra bag of chips at home. And it starts to kind of pile up again. Um, in a way that's just not on par with my normal standards, right? And this just happens. Like you yeah, just start yeah. going down a road and you're like, yeah, just a little bit more. Oh, okay. And then it starts like, well, I know I probably should do something about this pattern at some point. I know it's going to be an issue, so I should probably, oh, but I'm going to have more right now. Like, ah, well, push it off a little bit, just shove it, <laughs> bottle it up. And, uh, and then I was having gut issues, right? Just like, gas bloating and Mm -hmm. and when that happens you have that discomfort in the first place which kind of brings down your mood not to mention like at least 75 percent of your neurotransmitters are made in your gut so if that's the case i'm just literally creating anxiety and depression from my gut on a Mm -hmm. chemical level yeah so i'm being a bummer and i'm around my wife and and her parents and i love them i don't want to be a bummer (laughs) i don't want to bring the mood down and i totally was and that's when it finally was okay 
And it was a few days of that guy showing up and just, I don't want to stop eating the good stuff. It tastes so good. And I had to, I mean, really the pain has to pile up to a certain point. Right. You have to, the the pain just has to get to that point Mm. where it's just crossing that threshold of time to change. Yeah. And I do believe you can lower the threshold and like kind of artificially create pain to make yourself change. Mm -hmm. But you still have to let pain get to the point where you're no longer willing to accept this level. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I like that. Uh, the Listening to your body's feedback, I think, is an important takeaway that I just got from that, too. And, and just yeah. feedback in general, that internal feedback yeah. of those things that are kind of, oh, the back of your mind, maybe we'll get to. It's like, take the feedback from your day to day. How are you acting? Are you are you a bummer to be around? Are you? <laughs> right. And how might creating shifts with that influence your, your day to day actual mm-hmm. base? Yeah. So that's there's a word I just learned and I was so excited to learn. It's called interoception interoception and it's uh when i heard it they described it as your literal sixth sense wow so obviously we've got sight hearing smell taste feel Mm -hmm. right of those tangible things but interoception is can you feel oh i have to i gotta go pee in the next little bit yeah it's an internal feeling oh i'm kind of hungry right you don't have nerve endings in those places that are like poking and prodding where there's like literal pain for the most part Mm -hmm. internal organs don't do that because that would hurt if you could always feel them. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing a lot yeah. of work for us. So, or you know, you start to feel, man, my immune system just feels down. I don't right. know what that means, but I know that something's off. Right. So that's interoception, a sixth sense mm. of what is it that you physically feel and emotional, right? Because that gets stored as tension in your muscles, or as uh, you know, your organs just aren't working quite quite right, and you can start to feel where does anger reside in my body, where does uh, nervousness reside. Right. And that's that interoception mm-hmm. is learning how to feel those yeah. different things. So listening to the body, whether it's, you know, your body telling you, no, you probably shouldn't have that Snickers or, you know, yes, I'm craving broccoli and tuna today. Right. That's you can literally hear that from your body if you've done the work to be able to listen to that. Is that is that a muscle that you feel like has gotten stronger for you through the years or a voice that's gotten louder as you talk about being able to listen to it? hundred and ten percent. Absolutely. And how? Absolutely. Yeah. What's the, how have you gotten that muscle stronger? Yeah. Great question. I was actually working with my clients on this last night. So cool. uh, I just did a whole training on it. So I'm super stoked about <laughs> Perfect. it. Perfect. Like Let's hear it. <laughs> so there's uh, the way that I strengthened it first was through working out. So just getting active, right? Proprioception is another one of those senses. You can tell where your body is in mm-hmm. uh, space. Yeah. And so you start to learn how you feel. Oh, my arm is tight today from, I did how many pushups or pull-ups yesterday. Right. That's you suddenly just feel that. Right. right. Oh, oh, I feel something. Oh, that's different. I've I'm, never felt I'm my sore. body. Yeah. Yeah. Just noticing that the subtleties. Exactly. And yeah. you just notice suddenly mm-hmm. something comes to your mind. I'm like, oh, I never noticed that before. Instead of, you know, previously when I would just shove all that down with whiskey and tacos. <laughs> which, oh, it was fun at the time, but it's, it's not serving me anymore. Um, and so that's where it started was, OK, let's start moving. And you start to learn just how your body feels through movement. And then as you change nutritionally and you start to eat cleaner, right? You start eliminating things that we know are inflammatory to the body. Then as you're doing that, you can start to feel, oh, wow, I'm really starting to crave grass-fed beef a lot. Why is that? So I go to the chiropractor and I ask him, he's like, well, you lost 85 pounds. You're probably anemic right now. You need the iron from that grass-fed beef. And every time that I ate it, I would get a boost of energy, huge. I didn't know why I craved the beef, but I did. And then I would feel amazing afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I start listening in and it 
you can then there's intuitive eating is like another level of that where you can open up the fridge and just say body what do you want and it's like something points at the the broccoli <laughs> or whatever it, i love broccoli I yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, and it's like you just get this this uh pull towards those certain foods and it just is this process of moving eating clean listening to what the, it's saying try a food that your body is saying don't eat that and see what the result is so intentionally fail yeah and then uh, body scan meditations, I think, are the most powerful way to just uh, like powerhouse your way through it in a way. Because you're just saying, okay, I'm going to feel now. <laughs> like, what do I feel in each part of my body? So those three things, I think, are the, uh, are, I don't know, the, the trifecta of learning interoception. Yeah, that's great. Interoception. It's a great word, too. Yeah, I like saying it. When I, um, a couple of years ago, I, was, uh, I came back. I was out of town. I came back to, I, I, I grew up eating in and out because we're here in, mm. in San Diego. I used to love in and out I would get the animal style fries, mm-hmm. the double, double milkshake, like the whole nine. And, and when I was younger, it didn't, I did, I mean, it probably did affect me then. I just wasn't aware of it. Right. right. And then as I started making lifestyle shifts and I, I came home one time and I ate it and I was like, that, I, that did not sit well. It did not feel good. So I didn't eat it for a bit. And then a year later, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I, I'm okay to eat it again. Like that was maybe it's not going to have an effect on me anymore. And I went and ate it, and I felt the same way, the same shittiness that I felt before. And then in my mind, it was like, okay, cool. Like right now, like your body's just not vibing with this right now. But it took that like going back to it one more time to get that, like okay, that clear message of all right, yo, let's put in and out on the side for now, and maybe shift to something different. So yeah. I, I think that it's what you said is really interesting around sometimes intentionally going to the thing that you that might not make you feel good to to for the purpose of of learning and not avoiding it like you know oh i i want to do everything put all my energy towards avoiding in and out it's like no let me go eat in and out so i can remind myself how i feel when i have in and out and since i did that then there's been no craving for it whatsoever yeah that kind of brings it back to that like i can't versus how can i right you have to reach that certain level of pain with specific foods on their own to know like I personally should not have Natamu ice cream, cookies and cream. It's my favorite. I've never had a better ice cream from a store. Oh, dear Lord, is it beautiful. However, I know that right now it caused me pain and it caused me enough pain that I'm avoiding it. Yeah. I want it. But I, instead of saying, well, I can't give that up, which I said for a minute because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to give that up. It's too good. But I had to have that pain. And I had the same pain within and out a few years ago. Right. Just like, oh, okay, that was not. <laughs> yeah. Time to like it was literally the second repetition of experimenting on that mm-hmm. and you can everybody out there quick little hack you can call um, any going off your diet plan or nutrition plan just call it an experiment mm. and that way no one's going to judge you for it you judge yourself a little less for it and you just well I'm going to experiment and see how does this make me feel it's great and then you get to indulge enjoy the heck out of it. And then realize, oh, yeah, I was right. I shouldn't have had that. <laughs> and then you get experience and data from that. And you know you're probably not going to do it again. Mm-hmm. right? Or maybe you will. Maybe it wasn't as bad as you thought. Right. And then maybe you've been avoiding something for so long that you thought was bad and then you felt okay. Yeah. So That's little, great. That's little great. Little <laughs> What's your relationship like with food? Oh, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's tell, complicated. Tell me more. Um gosh so it's a a lot of people resonate with my my story on it i know because i've I've worked with people nonstop on this right so as a kid i was the fat kid i was fat kid forever 
it's just the way it was. High school, I slimmed down for a bit, but I would still eat like a monster because that's the only thing that I remember doing better than anyone else was eating. My brother was better than me at video games. My like everyone around me was better at sports at at everything we did as kids. Until it came to eating, they're like, "Wow, Rusty, you can eat a lot." And like my older family, like, "Oh, isn't it cute how much he eats? That's so funny." And that got just tied into my identity. It's like, well, if I'm good at this and I'm getting positive feedback from eating, like, let's eat more. So just every single meal was a competition. So me and my brother would be sitting there eating, eating, eating. Like, who can eat more turkey on Thanksgiving? Like, oh, I want the turkey leg. No, I want the turkey leg. (laughs) Every single meal was how much can you power through? And so that's not healthy. (laughs) right and that does end up turning into you know once i'm uh almost old enough to drink you know it it turns into how much can i drink Mm -hmm. okay how much can i drink and then how much can i eat after that and just this ridiculous cycle of overconsumption 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 and still other people i just got still positive feedback about that in some way yeah and it's the only thing i was better at than anybody else so because of that, I'd always just been addicted to food. It was just a straight up addiction. Um, when I felt any emotions, I would eat. If I didn't feel, I would eat. I didn't know what sadness or hunger were. I was just eating. So I was obese. And uh, when I decided to get healthy, I still didn't change the relationship with food either. I was just like, what do healthy people do? They run. I'm going to run, man. Let's start running. So I get running. I'm going to a personal trainer. Uh, my buddy and I attempted to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. And so we're walking like crazy and all of these things. And and through that, not only did I get to my heaviest during parts of that, then when I finally start losing weight because I'm running more and more and thinking about food, right? I'm not just going like neck deep into Del Taco every other night anymore. Um, I lose about 20, 25 pounds. And if you're putting in hours upon hours upon hours of work during the week and you're still fat, that just blows. Like, I don't know any other way to say it. And it hurts. You feel better from moving, so you kind of keep doing it. But at a certain point, it's like, well, that's just the way I am now. Like, is this all I get? Like, I can get down to 225 or 205 pounds was like the lowest I could get. And then... My wife, Nikki, comes home and says, like, hey, let's try a diet this time. Like, let's try an actual nutritional shift. Okay, cool. We figure out what works for our individual bodies. And so for me, that's meats, veggies, and good fats. Uh, I melt off another, what's that, 65, 55? I'm not great at math all the time. But I get down to 151 pounds (laughs) from 235. And people are telling me, you're too skinny. Everyone always has something to complain about, right? (laughs) And from that... I still was eating a ton of food through that. It was six large meals a day, not like six little meals like they say you should. It was piles and piles. And so through that, eating too much, lose all the weight, still eating too much, but putting on muscle. And so the eating too much honestly has never stopped. It's much more moderated. It's at a good level. My body feels great. I love having more calories than I need every day because my brain feels better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make good decisions. If I'm hungry, I make bad decisions generally. <laughs> so I just, I, I don't believe in calorie counting and keeping the, the, uh, the actual intake too low. But at the same time, the relationship with the quality of the food is radically different. Mm-hmm. The quality over the quantity. That's something I tell my clients all the time. Quality over quantity. Throw your numbers away. Don't look at the scale. Don't log any food. Just eat real stuff. Let's start there. Yeah, 
Dang. And and it shifts everything. Depression lifts off when you cut sugar long enough. And my clients and I have done this too, where we reintroduce sugar, depressed for three days. Cut it out, it's gone. Introduce sugar, depressed for three days. Cut it out, it's gone. Right? And things like that. That uh, And I still have sugar sometimes. Like I just said last week, I was overdoing it. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that's the relationship you start to develop when you get really into how your body feels with it. It's I'm eating quality stuff nonstop. Like we got some fancy deli- delicious smoothies here, you know, <laughs> that are organic and fantastic. Um, but the relationship has to shift, and it shifts in relation to your self worth. Mm. Wow, that's powerful. Eighty five pounds, Rusty. That's crazy. That was fat. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't picture you before you being. Health, so like health focus and health minded. It seems to me like that's such a big part of of who you are. So I imagining you before and hearing these stories before is pretty wild. But I mean, it makes sense because like you forged this character, Rusty, that's sitting across from me now, right? Like you mm-hmm. evolved into that, and I can imagine that it took a lot of work, a lot of inner work as well from the identity piece, because yeah. it's like all of our behaviors are driven by our identity. Mm-hmm. And so if you have the identity of the one thing that you feel like you can gain affection from from eating or consuming or whatever it is binging over consumption to be able to shift that had to have been really tough oh yeah yeah tough it's tough yeah it's tough and especially because your identity isn't just what you think you are it's what other people reflect back at you so when i am on stage when i and so i stopped playing with the band back uh, last year Mm -hmm. because COVID hit, no more gigs. I want to put all my focus into this business and helping people. Yeah. Right. But at the time when I was on stage and I made this shift and I went from the guy that drank more than anybody in the audience to the guy that's holding a Pellegrino in his hand on stage, like I got a lot of shit. Can imagine. Yeah. I got a lot of shit from, and like my bandmates, I love them, but I got shit from them and not all of it was even intentional. You know, some of it's just like dudes hanging out, making fun of each other, but still, you know, it's still shit. And the audience would be, you know, dude, you changed. Like, what do you mean you're not going to have a shot with me right now? Yeah, I'm not drinking right now. Thanks anyway. What? Yeah, like, I'm, like, enjoy yours, mm-hmm. man. Like, yeah. can, can we give this to one of my friends that that's still drinking? Is that okay? And, then, you know, it still is awkward. And that relationship changed, like, permanently from that level. And was that because, as you were mentioning earlier, the, the pain gets to that certain threshold where then the desire you you have to do that Mm -hmm. what was that what was that pain like when did you come to the decision like i've got to change was it like a rock bottom moment was it just what what was that process like for you i wish there was one rock bottom moment yeah i wish there was only one man (laughs) but there was so many things looking back on it i can't believe i was never um arrested or hurt people or hurt myself or any like i did so many stupid things. And one of the last ones was probably the biggest rock bottom I remember. Uh, I was playing a gig with, uh, it was actually with my personal trainer, Eli. Shout out to Eli. He's a crushing dude. I love him. I love Shout him. Shout out, Eli. He got me really understanding strength in a new way and amazing, amazing work. But we also like to party. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So we're playing a gig with Eli uh, and we're partying because if you're only playing one or two sets and you're done at 10 instead of normally done at 1 a.m then suddenly you've got another few hours of the night to party and uh man just massive amounts of booze massive amounts of food plenty of stupid decisions 
uh, I remember being at this random hotel bar miles away. Don't know how I got there. And the cops are there. And someone else didn't pay their $3,000 bar tab. And there's all this going on. And like, I woke up and was just like, what did I Did I do that? Right. I'm like, okay. Well, okay. At least I'm home. I'm safe. I got to get ready for work. I'm going to go teach some bass lessons. And I uh, go to get my stuff together to go to the school I was teaching at. And my bass guitar has gone. You can't just teach bass lessons. Okay, how can I? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And I've done it before. I can do it again. But you don't, you know, if you don't have the tools you need for work, that'd be like showing up to, uh, you know, run your business online and not having your computer. Right. It just doesn't quite work. Yeah. Um, and so I start driving around everywhere that I remember being the night before. Can't find it anywhere. It's gone. And it's not even my bass. That's one Ooh. of the worst parts. It's uh, my guitarist lent it to me for that gig because it was better for that gig and so that means i lost this guy's super high-end premium custom bass somewhere <laughs> in the ether and uh no recollection none yeah i mean i remember a lot of things that we did but i don't know what i did with the bass and i would go everywhere calling everywhere and finally so i go i teach my lessons for the day i borrowed someone else's bass and then i come home just dejected thinking okay well that's it i quit i, I have to quit drinking i have to quit overeating and i had this pattern of if i came home drunk i'd have to go for a run either that night or the next morning so it wasn't just over consuming alcohol and mm. food then it was over consuming fitness thinking that that was a punishment that would drive me to the level of pain to stop this mm. and i was just like a wreck man like i can't believe i did this again i'm walking up the stairs and it's the bass guitar is sitting on our balcony next to the front door like what are you kidding me? My neighbor had found it. It was next to the garage. I just forgot to bring it up from the garage to the apartment the night before. Yeah. And so he set it there. And so it was always there. And I, I am beyond blessed. All of my rock bottom stories have that kind of like universe protected me. Like angels. guardian angels were there. I, there's no logical way that I should still be here today. Yeah. Honestly, like there's no logical way I should still be here. And there's always... Uh, something like that and so i see the base there like oh my god are you kidding me this is insane like it's here oh man we should go have drinks to celebrate let's go out to eat <laughs> that was like okay <laughs> like, hold on that was the pain point when i realized i was gonna just go do it again after such a big rock bottom moment hmm. so that that was a really powerful one and i've, I've got 40 other ones yeah, but that yeah. one was a one of the last ones before and he was like nutritional change Yes, please. Let's cut booze out for a little bit, too. And just, man, pain. Yeah. Wow, man. You, you protected, huh? You got those angels around you. I, yeah. I can't explain it. Like, oh, yeah. how can I? I'm yeah, not going yeah. to. <laughs> like, yeah, not going I'm to. just protected. That's my explanation. Yeah. I don't understand it. And I, I'm uh, grateful as often as I can remember to be. Yeah, big time. Got to be with that. Yeah. What, were you... When you were younger growing up, you were always musically inclined. Did you want to did you want to do music professionally from a young age also or how did you stumble into that? Uh when I was a kid, my dad would show me music. He had a guitar that I found one day. It's, it's kind of a fun story. I was just finishing up 5th grade and crawling around my parents room for whatever reason because i'm a kid and i found a guitar case i pull it out i'm like dad what's this and he pulls out the guitar shows me a couple chords and then the next day he takes me to sam ash buys me a guitar and start playing and that was awesome that was so cool and and because of that 
that shifted everything. And my parents reinforced that in me, right? Because we need the environment does so much to our subconscious and totally. our self-worth. And so I start playing and I start playing, getting better and better. And from then on, I was like, oh, I'm okay at this. Like, I'm not bad. And I'm getting positive feedback from it. I should keep doing this. And so it just went on from there. And honestly, my dad taught my brother guitar a little bit too. At the same time, he picked it up way faster. Another thing that everyone yeah. else is better than me at. And uh, But he went back to playing video games and I just kept playing guitar. So that persistence, hmm. that persistence, which I didn't know was a trait that I had. And I think eating and guitar were the only places that I had it right. at the time. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, so that's when... I started playing and mom said, oh yeah, I used to work in jazz clubs back when I was younger living in Chicago. So she introduced me to jazz and brought me to some of the clubs and would check that out. And dad would play records for me at night and tell me about this and that. He'd show me how to play these riffs and things. And so it started to become part of the family culture, which was really, really amazing. And so from then on, I was like, cool, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the next Led Zeppelin. And it's just, I don't know. That's just what I'm supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's mm -hmm. go for it. And, uh, even throughout school, there was other people better than me, but they, even after high school, they went and got jobs and I just kept playing. I don't know. It's persistence. They were way better than me. They could totally have been the ones like on records, labels, on, on billboards and everything now. They were amazing. And they went and got a job and I, mm -hmm. I kept playing. Mm -hmm. I never got up there. I, <laughs> I had my own issues uh, to overcome that I never made it. I never got that good, honestly. Mm -hmm. I was good enough. I was playing full time, but... So, yeah, I guess to bring it back to your question, uh, from when I picked up that guitar, I said, yeah, let's do this. Very cool. So that that persistence, it's something that I, you know, I've seen in you and your business as a as a business owner. That's that's inspiring, honestly, to myself and to, and to other people of you're you're someone who's just very, very committed to the work and committed to the process and doing what it takes. Mm -hmm. How how is that something? Is that something that you. Is that something that you consciously remind yourself of? Is that a is that a muscle that's strengthened through those through growing up? Something you've developed? Something you've learned? Tell me a little bit more about where that persistence comes from. It definitely is a muscle that needs to be developed. Absolutely. Uh, I never thought I had it. I it came back to my own self worth. Like I'm not good at anything except for eating. That's the way it is. Even though, okay, I can get better at guitar, but did you see the way that guy played? Like. No, man, screw this. I'm done. Like, why would I Why would I even try? He's too... I'm never going to get better than him. Mm -hmm. It's not about getting better than him. Now I understand. <laughs> so, Or what? when you're the worst, man. The worst is you go to the NAMM show. So it's a, this big uh, music expo, essentially. Yeah. And you hear this shredding guitar. It's unbelievable. Like, oh my God, that's got to be like the dude from Metallica. Like, I got to go see this. And it's this six-year-old kid. No, I give up. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> this is... No. Um, and then eventually a week or two later, I come back and say, okay, sorry, guitar. I didn't mean to be, <laughs> you know, and I come back to it. But it really is just, it's a muscle that needs to be strengthened. It's not, I mean, I, I believe there you're born with certain levels. Like mm -hmm. I was not athletic. It's just the way that I've been. I've worked really hard to get better. Um, music just came a lot more naturally. That's the way it is. And then I worked hard to get better. Either way, no matter what you've got, you got to work hard to get better. Mm. So it wasn't, uh, it didn't seem like something I was born with. Maybe a little bit because I sucked <laughs> more than everybody else. Maybe that was my only way out. But uh, yeah, it just had to develop. It just had to develop. I was fat and I didn't want to be fat. So I guess I got to work harder than other people. 
My body reacts to foods more uh, seriously than other people's bodies or else I wouldn't have been so fat from inflammation and issues, you know, so maybe I just got to work harder than other people. And that's all. It just kind of was this reminder every once in a while. Maybe I just got to work harder than other mm -hmm. people. I decided to learn to surf a few years ago and I just sucked. Just plain terrible. Every day I'd go out, get smashed by the waves, not catch anything. But I said, oh, all right, well, let's try again, <laughs> try again tomorrow. I'd get stung by a stingray. Mm -hmm. Oh, let's try again tomorrow. Two weeks later, stung by another stingray. <laughs> let's try again tomorrow. And like, I just got to go, man. I just got to, like, I need to get better at something. And it just is that muscle to develop. That's so great. And and how do you consciously develop that muscle on a daily basis? In all those areas still, just figuring out how do I get a little bit better? Show up. Mm. That's it. I don't... I. I I'm a big believer in the power of habit because there's days you're not going to want to do the thing. You're not going to want to do it. You got to do it. Like, man, I do not want to do like if you're working out, especially right. You know, there's days where you're like, I, I don't want to go do this right now. Especially if you're during COVID times when you're doing home workouts and no one's there to push you. And maybe you're even designing your own workout plans. And nah, I don't want to do this right now. Like I'll just sleep a little later. Like, you got to get up. You got to do something. You don't even have to do a good job. <laughs> you just got to show up. Right. And like, if I just said, you know what? 10 push-ups is good enough. Then dude, I worked out. I did the damn thing. Mm. I, I yell at, at my clients all the time. Like, don't over-optimize. Just do the damn thing. Just do the damn thing. We can optimize later once the habit is built in. But you you just got to do the damn thing. Yeah. I think it's so important for, for people to hear also. And whatever pursuit they're doing, if it's their, their career, the relationship, health and wellness, a sport, a hobby, whatever it is. But to come with that approach of, I'm going to get better at this, right? Sucking at something is the first step at actually getting kind of good at it, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm going to get better at this and I'm going to be the best that I can be in this pursuit. And that process, like for me personally, like I've come to enjoy that process so much. Like that's where all the juice is, right? Because then when you, you get there, there, there's always levels that you're climbing, but it's like that process of how can I just be, how can I do 10% better? But I, but I think that the what I'm what I'm learning from you right now too and taking it away and it's making sense is that persistence is the muscle that drives that forward. Yeah. That you've got to be persistent and showing up to continue to, to make that happen. Absolutely, yeah. It's like the engine in a car. You know, it's just got to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, like sometimes you can put better fuel in it. You could push the gas harder, but that it's just got to go. It does. It certainly does. Um, tell me, um, tell me a little bit about your philosophy with, uh, or do you work with men specifically or do you work with men and women? Mainly men. Mainly we actually men. just enrolled a woman last night. Nice. And, and so we do work with both. Yes. Yeah. We are human bodies. They have the same general principles. Yeah. Uh, yeah there are yeah. definitely differences. Everyone is a special snowflake, so you got to learn yourself better. Right, right. Um, so, but yes, we work with men and women on on really helping them learn their bodies and what works for them. That's great. Yeah. Tell me more about that approach because I think that makes so much sense because everybody is different, right? Yeah. Yeah. Surprise, everybody. <laughs> you're different. <laughs> right. Coming from a millennial. You're welcome. You're a yeah. special snowflake. Welcome to the party. So the uh, yeah, awesome. it's, it's really a simple process. High level. So step one, realize that you're different and you should figure that out. You are your own body and you should know that body better than your doctor knows it. He sees you 15 minutes once a year. You need to know your body better than your doctor. You need to know your better your body better than your mom knows it. Yeah, your mom brought you in, but you're the one living in this thing all day, every day. She's not there in that body. She doesn't know you. 
Your dad's not in that body. He doesn't know you. No one else knows your body like you. And if you don't realize that, like I didn't realize that, you're going to treat it like garbage. You have to understand your body. That's that's step one. Step is one. Just Boom. decide, I'm going to learn me. I'm just going to learn me inside and out. What works, what doesn't, what makes me tick, what makes me feel good. Like what mm. people make me feel bad, what people make me feel good. Those are all inputs, just like food. And we've got to decipher which things to move out of our lives and which ones to bring in. So take out a bunch of stuff. It might not even be the right thing. Eliminate like elimination diets, I think, are amazing because you eliminate a whole bunch of stuff, then you bring them back in one at a time to see how they affect you. Oh man, uh, cow dairy gives me gas and makes my nose stuffed up that night, not even within the first couple hours, just when I go to sleep. Goat dairy, not a problem, feels awesome, love it. Um, when I was on stage, this one was really fun. I, I was getting really scientific with my experiments. I would have two shots of tequila. I would be flowing. Life is good. Everything's awesome. If I have any more than two shots, the next day I wake up a couple hours early, but I feel fantastic on top of the world. The day after that, I'm depressed. Mm. If I switch that for whiskey, I would forget lyrics within minutes. Wow. Within minutes. Same amount of alcohol. Still hard alcohol, too. It's just a different substrate, right? It's just whiskey made from grains versus tequila made from agave, right? And that would cause neural inflammation, so I was forgetting lyrics immediately. And I would just feel eh, the next day and depressed the third day. We've got these physical reactions that last at least three days. Antibodies are built up. They're going to still be in your system for 21 days after a lot of these reactions. So we have to eliminate for a while before we can really get clean data reintroducing. But once you do that, then you can really see pinpoint exactly which alcohols make you feel good or bad. Exactly how much of that alcohol. Even having coffee with butter in it in the morning makes me feel awesome. If I have it anywhere like on the cl on the dot past 12 p.m., I feel like garbage. Mm. Same food that worked perfectly for me, for me earlier just doesn't work anymore. So I know me really, really well. I've done a lot of work and emotionally too, especially especially since joining with High Impact Coaching. Like that yeah. whole nother level. Oh, dang. <laughs> I can't even, words can't express how much that's changed on the emotional level, especially mm. of what do I feel? What makes me feel these things? How do I process these emotions? It, but it really felt like the same process as learning food, learning right. my physical body. And they're so related to the emotions oh. and the food, the food and the emotions, right? Yes. Like you were saying, the, the neurons in our gut, our second brain, mm -hmm. how that affects us as well. It's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. And, and there's neurons yeah there's neurons in your gut you're mm -hmm. literally they call it the second brain there's neurons throughout your entire body mm -hmm. they're not just in your brain right so your entire body there's the enteric nervous system which connects your your gut and your brain and the whole body right that that's where the vagus nerve is running through communicating with all these organs and if you've and if anybody doesn't believe us i'm sure if they're listening to this podcast they do yeah. but you know <laughs> yeah, for the yeah. experiment you've heard the uh, think of a lemon cut it open visualize cutting it open and, and looking at the juices fall out of that and your mouth starts to to salivate Right. Right. You've ever seen a really good looking girl. There is processes going on in your body. That is a mind body connection, my friend. That's right. Right. And so the, it goes from mind to body like that. So if you're stressed out, you won't digest as well. If you're not digesting well, you get more stressed out. It's both ways. So it's just two sides of the same exact coin. So you got to learn your body, man. Got to learn the body. Yeah. So that's, that's such a great approach. And, and I, I personally really like the combination of, uh, 
science it's because it's kind of it's an art and a science both mm -hmm. of those together and and what you what you're talking about is using data using your experience as data and intuitively asking yourself how do i feel when this happens noticing whiskey versus tequila or goat milk versus cow's milk noticing the differences of that and then actually tracking that and then making shifts based on that um i think that's like that i think that's so important to be able to to do both because like a lot of times i see people that are just going with the flow and just being like oh you know i don't feel well but it's okay i'll feel good tomorrow or people that are just like no i gotta stick very very strictly to this diet but do you find your approach is kind of a blend of those two different two different ways or do you find that effective what do you find to be effective in that yeah and and especially divide de defining what is effectiveness for you mm. right so for me it's what can we sustain for our clients? I tell them, like, I don't care if you lose 20 pounds over the next couple months and put it back on. The only thing I care about is that we make a change that sticks. Mm. So what does sustainable look like for you? For some people, really, really strict is what it looks like. And that's awesome. Got it. That's killer. Like you've got so much discipline and you've felt so much pain to the point where you know you need this discipline and this strictness in your nutrition and your workouts, whatever it is. And that works awesome for you. There's some people where they're just not strict at all and they're like, okay, well, I, I get that those foods don't work well for me, but the consequence, the pain is worth the pleasure of the yeah. flavor and the experience. And that's awesome too. Yeah. But you know how it's going to affect you. You know that you're going to constantly carry around that extra 10, 15 pounds and hell, that's okay. And heck, that's most of the time where I'm at. I can't see my abs most days. Like, it's just not, I want tacos, I want ice cream, and I want to live, and it's great. Priorities, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they're the cleanest ones I can find, unless we're in Mexico, and it's like, I'm going to go for the, the little guy on the corner. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the tacos don't have to be clean. Everything yeah. else does, but that's my version. Mm. That's my version, and it works for me. So it, it is all, like, effectiveness is based on what's going to work for you. Yeah, that's great. It, it's it's very similar in life in general, in business, like, in, and just in life, defining success. What does success look like for you? Mm -hmm. What does a successful life mean to you at the end of the day? What does success mean to you? It's, it's such a, it's a question that we don't get asked, right? Personally, I think our education should be exploring that question, what does success look like for you? Mm -hmm. Because we're not asked that. And a lot of us just fall into whatever the mainstream ideal of success is or other people around us who seem successful. And, and that's, I mean, how many people hit that midlife crisis or quarter life crisis? I think it's happening earlier, which is good mm -hmm. of like, wait a sec, what am I doing? Like, what, what is, this isn't what I wanted. You get to the top and you realize, hold up, this isn't what I wanted. So yeah. same thing like you're talking about here with making the shifts sustainable shifts it's like what what does effective look like to you what does it mean to be an effective human being mm -hmm. to you yeah exactly and it's taking it to that high level like you just did what does being an effective human being look like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. your your health and your nutrition are in support of that you're not getting mm. healthy for the sake of being healthy like it's cool it feels yeah. great like do it yeah you definitely right. need to do this in my opinion and at the same time it's for a purpose. Mm. I felt so empty when I got really healthy and didn't know what to do with it. Wow. I would just wake up and be like, I have a gratitude journal. I have my my feel good. I'm going to my workout. I've got, I can feel awesome. I didn't drink last night at the gig and I don't know why. <laughs> 
Why? That's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah, because then when, when it becomes a purpose towards a greater purpose, then, then it becomes easy. I think it becomes easier. To me, mm-hmm. to me it becomes easier because it's like I know why it's important for me to, 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 to be healthy, to feel my best because mm-hmm. that allows me to show up my best. And when I can show up my best for other people and I can serve other people my best and that's the line of work that I'm in and that's what I feel called and passionate about doing. So it becomes, yeah, that, that's, that's, what we're, that's what I take care of this thing for, yeah. for the big show, not just to look good or to like go do a, a you know, a bikini contest, which you <laughs> totally can do if you want to do. But, right, yeah. But, but it fuels that that greater purpose mm-hmm. is that the way that you, that's the way that you see it it fuels the greater purpose for you which is to empower others to do the same thing to help other people with it oh absolutely absolutely i wouldn't be drinking like a non-sweet blueberry keto smoothie right now uh if it wasn't for okay i know if i do this i'm gonna be better for my clients mm-hmm. like these people need me yeah. they need change now yeah and it's not me making this up they said i need this now please help yeah. Right. And and so I know that if I'm not on my game, like I wasn't just the last week or two, mm-hmm. I'm not showing up my best. I know for a fact that on one of my calls last week, I did not show up my best mm. and it hurt me. I know it hurt the client because I, I wasn't as effective as normal. Right. You know, and I know that that changes the way that people change. Yeah. Which is my job. <laughs> and I'm here to help people uh, facilitate their change. So if I am not effective, you know, and that's my, my definition of success as far as right now is like, I want to be able to help people on a really deep level. Let's make it sh- a real shift, a sustainable transformation. Here. Mm. And if I'm, you know, overeating tacos and ice cream three times a week, I'm not being the person worthy of making that shift for, or helping other people make that shift. Yeah. That's powerful, man. So unsweetened smoothie. That's where Unsweet- we're at. <laughs> no, uh, no tacos, ice cream, and whiskey will substitute for the unsweetened smoothie. That's awesome, man. Well, this has been an awesome, uh, really insightful conversation. A lot of great dots connecting for me. A lot of, a lot of good sound bites. A lot of good, uh, a lot of good takeaways. Is there, uh, is there anything else that uh, you'd like to share with the listeners uh, as we, uh, as we wrap up here? I've got a million things to share. I love talking. I could do this all day. That's why I have my own podcast as well, where we're always, and why I have clients that I'm talking to about things all the time. Um, really, at the end of the day, I, you know what? There's one, uh, a tactic, actually, that I'd like to share. Let's hear it. And this is something that I didn't know what other people called it. I just had my own term for it when I started doing it. I said, uh, I'm going to brainwash myself. So the tactic is brainwash yourself. If you want to be healthy... Listen to a ridiculous amount of healthy podcasts. Watch health videos on YouTube. Read the health blogs. Read the books. Surround yourself with healthy people. Brainwash yourself so you have nothing but that in your view. All right. So now I know that that's subconscious rewiring. And, and you know, you're the, the average of the five people you hang out with most. I was just brainwashing myself. The people around me were not healthy. They weren't. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to change i wanted to just internally personally grow i knew that i wanted to make money i knew that i wanted to be healthy i knew that i wanted an awesome relationship i knew that i want all these things and so my process has been when i want one of these things brainwash myself Mm -hmm. and i am just inundated with this information 
as much as possible. Yeah. I don't even have to be listening, really. <laughs> it's just on in the background, and it's just constantly hammering home the same ideas. Even if I'm not consciously taking it in, my ears still have to process that. Right, my brain still has to process that and and file it away somewhere, or decide I don't know. Let's let it pass through. But it's better to let that pass through right. than a bunch of negative yeah. music or yeah. a negative uh, news. news. <laughs> oh, that's part of your diet, people. If it goes yeah. into your body at all, into your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, it's part of your diet. Yeah, it's not healthy. Yeah. So news makes you fat, drives up cortisol, which drives up insulin, which puts fat in your yeah. fat cells. News makes you fat. Yep. So. To sum it up, news makes you fat. <laughs> you took nothing else away. <laughs> I love that, man. Well, dude, thank you so much for being on here. This is uh, this is great. Um, your your story, your your weight loss journey is super inspiring. What you're doing with it, your mindset, your philosophy with empowering others is very inspiring. And on behalf of all humanity, thank you for what you do and the way you show up with your joy, your brilliant self um, every single day. So uh, keep on doing that. And um, I'll look forward to having this conversation again with you soon. Please, man, Joshua, I love you, man. Thank you love so you much. Too, and I got to say, you are one of the biggest inspirations of my life. And I would want to be you when I grow up, if it's possible to grow up and still be you. So <laughs> that's beautiful. Thank you, brother. Love you, brother. I appreciate it. Love you, man.